They they haven't had sex in a while. She thinks it's because of the therapy. She doesn't written. Well, she knows he's got another woman on the side. They just don't talk about it. It's like, I mean, she kind of throws it at him once in a while. Well, last season, he told her that he ended his affair to Carmela. Uh Uh-huh. So she might think that they're just not having sex because no. he, because of therapy. A woman at this knows. Point. I mean, who knows? A woman knows. But sometimes a woman doesn't want to know. Every formula coming at you live from Venus. Uncle Dre and Auntie Chris bring you Gangster Goddess broadcast. Let's go. You're so stupid. Look what I found. <laughs> Where are we? Oh my god! We're your your husband's recording studio. It's our studio. It's the Gangster Goddess. I found a tambourine. Studio. Gangster Goddess broadcast studio. I wanted to shake this tambourine. Let's shake that tambourine. You know why I want to shake a tambourine? Why? It's our first day back Aww. to a soprano rewatch. Oh, you're good. Eh? You're good, eh? What am I gonna do with this? I don't oh. really know. Will you wear it as a necklace, please? You're so silly. Just wear it as oh a my necklace. God. I'm gonna seriously. How much is that fucking up the mics? I bet everybody wants to kill me in here. Okay, we'll start the show. Hi everyone. Welcome to Gangster Goddess Broadcast with Uncle Dre <laughs> <laughs> and Auntie Chris. Oh god, yes. we've been working all day. Yes, we have been. We're tired. Hold on, let me just brush my mustache out. Hold <laughs> on. So oh, here are my notes. Rewatch time. No, let's let's um let's talk about this. And today's episode of Gangster Goddess Broadcast is brought to you by Tushy. Wow, Chris, that's so sexy when you say that. Tushy. Wow, she's whispering. You like it? I do. Tushy. We'll talk about Hello Tushy later. HelloTushy.com oh. later. Okay. Tushy. Let's get back to the episode, Krishna. <laughs> I love saying that. Freak. It's so stupid. Tushy. Tushy. <laughs> Tushy. I love our sponsors. Okay. Okay. We'll, we're going to go back to Soprano World. Bye. What this week mm. got you busted? And then did you readjust from it? Let's go to our little first segment that we always do. What was your busted and readjusted? If you would like me to start, I can. I think you should start because I feel like you kind of had a busted day today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. By the way, I can smell you from here. Oh, stop it. I'm just kidding. She's so clean. I'm the smelly one. Okay, first show, you know, getting everything together. First, well, not first show, but first rewatch back in the space. Lots going on. Um, The water main broke. Fun. So there's been no water. I actually... (laughs) Brushed your teeth in a puddle. No, you know, I have a saltwater pool. I'm not joking. Oh, it is salt water? Yeah. I got um, I a bucket know. of water from the pool, like a little bucket or a bowl of water. And I literally had to brush my teeth in the sink with a bucket or bowl of salt water from my pool. And then I realized I had to shower. <laughs> you still look hot. I totally just, instead of showering today, it's so bad. You went I swimming? I went swimming. And I went in the jacuzzi. It's like a. Did and you it was go swimming naked. It was kind of cold. It was like a cold dip. No, I did was not go a naked. Naked swim. No, but because you were still taking a bath. Dirty. You mean we don't bathe in your bathing suit. You bathe naked. Well, you do whatever <clears throat> you got to do when your water. Main- so you put a bathing suit on to to take a shower today in the Basically, tub. Basically, yeah. In the in the pool. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm, I'm, yeah. Whatever. So you do what you got to do. I still have no water. It's like five o'clock here in LA. I've peed Zero in water. every one of your toilets. I know. Thank I'm you. marking my territory. <laughs> but I'm well trained because been, I'm used to living on a tour bus. So all my toilet paper went in the garbage. 
So oh, you have great. So it's yep. just completely gross. And I haven't washed my hands. Oh my god! I hope the water you wanna, goes back on. I know. Thank you. <laughs> oh my god! Well, by the way, we're out of quarantine. No, our, we're quarantining together now because we've been really safe. We got tested. We're yeah. all good, and we want to do the podcast together. We, yeah. You know, enough of this separation. I know, but the numbers are rising. The numbers again. are rising. We have to stay home, but you can. You know, we're quarantining safely together. It's weird for us to be off of Zoom, guys. It's very strange. I mean, with our last, um, with our last two episodes with Michael, um, it was, it, it felt kind of nice to revisit Zoom for a second. I know because that's our comfort zone now. Totally. But um, yeah, it's weird to be in a room with some lights and cameras and, and you. And you- <laughs> You're I, real funny. TikTok. I mean, TikTok. TikTok no more me. TikTok. Chris, TikTok. It's only going to happen. Chris, TikTok. TikTok. I'll TikTok. TikTok. What is your busted and readjusted this week? Um, I don't know. You know, I don't. I'm not feeling very busted. You know, we're overwhelmed right now because yeah. because we've been launching the new podcast and stuff and doing all kinds of work stuff. We're doing it all by ourselves, so it's, including editing yeah. and, and all that sort of stuff. So we have make sure you rock star us. boyfriends and husbands yes. that are doing everything. We just figure in this quarantine, what else are we going to do? So we're all really hustling to pull this thing together. So wait, let me say this. So we are, we have gone rogue and it's all, it's all on our own. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. Go to, we're on Patreon now. I don't really even know how it works. We're, we're still figuring You're that out. You're very charming when you talk. I'm trying, I'm trying. No, I'm not trying to be charming. I'm trying to be informative. Am I informative? That's what I want to be. I don't know. I just want to go sit behind the camera and watch oh you talk into the camera. Stop it. You look like an old movie star. I do? Yep. No, I don't. Old movie star. I, thank you. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. With the it. microphone in your face? You just like these Everybody, ma- those lips, I mean, I might have said it before, they're mm-hmm. Chris's on our logo. I love logo our logo. Lips. Yep. She has logo lips. They call me logo lips, Chris. And I have the intro voice. Yeah. Yeah. You got like the it. voice. You got the voice. Mm-hmm. I got the lips. Together we'll make a good pair. Oh God! Hold on. Oh God! Hold on. I feel a yawn coming. So God. I need my tambourine. Hold on. Give me my tambourine. All right. Let's get into the episode thirteen recap, so we know where we left off. I'm also not used to these mics, guys. We're starting with episode season two, episode one. Because in our old podcast, we we ended there. Yes, we did all of season one. It was fantastic. You guys can hear it if you look us up. Um, and yeah, now. Well, I think that people are going to want to hear our stories. So next week um, or soon after, we'll be coming up with our own Busted and Readjusted with just you and I on it. Explaining oh, yes, our yes, story yes. and why we ended up doing our own thing. Gangster right. Goddess broadcast versus Made Women, which we loved. Yes, and what, what, I mean, yes, you can also see um, hear our other podcast um, th- that was called Made Women. But on this one, we, you know, we were always a relate. We called ourselves more of a relate than a than a rewatch because we don't really go through scene by scene. Oh, I mean, we do go through scene by scene, but we relate. The, the the fabric of the show to what's happening in the world or to our lives and just how timely the show has always been. Um, but now we're sort of encapsulating it in our new segment, which is called Busted and Readjusted. So we're looking at all the characters mm-hmm. of the show, which is actually the thing that you were talking about um, when we were rethinking how we wanted to handle the show, which was looking at the characters. Yeah. 
Um, so we're really looking at the characters and seeing how they're busted and readjusting. and We're examining this, the characters. Yeah, yeah, a little deeper, just a different way. It's a little bit of a different show. Um, anyway, yeah. I think with this episode, as much as we're dying to do a relate like we normally do, this is going to be possibly shorter than our normal ones, but who knows? I'm so long-winded that it could go forever. It's the not producers going. in the room are looking yeah, at me like I'm crazy. No, they're not. Um, Wait, but I want to say, tune in next week to hear. I, we're getting a ton of DMs and emails about what happened to made women, and you know why we started, why we went off on our own. We're going to answer all those questions. You want to tell them right now? No, we're going to answer all those. We're, this is a rewatch. Boss. This is a Sopranos rewatch. We're sticking to that. Cracking okay, the girl. whip. So just tune in next week, and you can hear all. You can get the full explanation. So. Everyone doesn't have to yeah. um, DM or wonder why. We just want to put it out there in one episode. Well, Chris and I will do a mini episode yeah. on us. We don't have to do a full episode because we don't want to, you know, we want to sprinkle our lives out throughout the yes. series. But this but, is um, just going to be answering and getting getting to know us and why we feel busted and readjusted. And the new show is, is, um, is something special to us. Okay. Yes. That's um, all I want to say. Anyhow. I'm done. Good night. But, uh, okay. All right. Now. So. We have our um, season two of The Sopranos, episode one, Guy Walks Into a Psychiatrist's Office. Originally aired January 16th, 2000, written by Jason Cahill and directed by Alan Coulter, who was I was going to have him for this episode. But um, we were readjusting. Yeah, we're and pivoting. That, so, yeah, we're pivoting. So Alan will come on later, and he's an old buddy of mine. We we actually he reminded me on the phone that we had done a lot more together than just The Sopranos, and I didn't even really realize it. So we'll be having him at some other point. But um, for this episode, I, I felt like it's not a Soprano subtext heavy episode. No. It's it's a lot of what we like to call in the business. <clears throat> I know you're gonna like this one, Chris. Tell laying me. pipe. Yeah, laying pipe. But I don't I got think some. I, I've got some jokes around laying pipe. <laughs> Just joke. Just go. Kushner, go ahead. Pipe. Why don't you tell your? I don't have a joke. Why don't you tell I'm your pipe stories, go, huh? You got some pipe you know, stories. Listen. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just going to be quiet. But um, anyhow, laying pipe in the business means um, exposition. There's a lot of exposition. There's a lot of story being built right now. So it's information. I wouldn't even say it's really laying pipe um, because if a writer heard me say that, they'd be really pissed off because you can feel it when someone's laying pipe in an episode. Like you can feel the story set up because people don't know how to do it um, seamlessly and beautifully. However, the writers on The Sopranos do everything seamlessly and beautifully. And you never even feel like a story is actually being set up. Oh, it's great. Um, I do just want to preface the beginning of this episode with, this was our second season. I had a, a, a credit in the, in the opening credits as a series regular for the first time. It wasn't like I was just being added because I was heavy in an episode uh -huh. in season one. I was actually a series regular now. So when I saw my name on Your the big credits. screen, and I didn't just <laughs> see my name on the big screen, guys, I saw my name on the big screen, I think it was at the Ziegfeld, because it was the first show in the history of television that started doing these massive premieres. The show got so big, so fast, and I remember watching that episode. I'm not sure if it was the Ziegfeld or Radio City, but our premieres... Um, we're at Radio City for a couple of years in a row. 
if I'm remembering correctly, I could be wrong. Other cast members could would know better than I because I was so busy um, being a rock star and partying. True story. Mm-hmm. Um, but we watched it on the big screen. And seeing the opening of, you know, oh, hearing Sinatra's song, it was a very good year. And I mean, in my mind, I was thinking, yes, it was. It must have felt like a dream, right? It was like wild. Was and like to be in that surreal. big, I was nervous, you know. Mm. I have photo albums, real photo albums, the real photos and of us in the limo. They sent limos. My parents, my family was all still alive. My grandma, my uncle, my father, all these people that have since passed. And it was so exciting. You know, we had like 20 tickets to the premiere. That's Um, great. Every rock star was there and actors. And we were just like, why is everybody here for our little (laughs) TV show? You're like, what's happening? I was just supposed to be a hostess. It was crazy. I was was supposed to be a hostess. I I know that I got to be a part of it. Oh my God, that's great. I'll tell you this. Watching the show on a big screen screen with a lot of people in a movie theater it didn't translate the way that it does when it's on your small screen in your living room in your home because Mm -hmm. you get so used to these characters and you're so used to living with them in your house and you feel so tight with them and then you take them onto the big screen and it's so glamorous and something doesn't work because the sopranos wasn't glamorous it wasn't glorifying anything it wasn't good fellas it was it was the regularness and the regularness got got siphoned out a tiny bit on the big screen. Um, Anyway, okay, so into episode 13, as some call it, or season two, episode one. Um, Guy walks into a psychiatrist's office. Normally we go crazy on the title. We don't really have to go crazy on the title. This is going to be an easy episode to dissect. It's not going to be one of our psycho um, examinations because it doesn't have that kind of um, heaviness underneath. They're really just setting a, up the series. It's not an intense episode. No, they're it's setting up the series. Setup. Yeah, I mean, this is where we meet... Um, lots of new characters. Lots. Of, it's a family. The theme is obviously the regular regularness. Did of I say life. it? Yes, the regularness. Of, ni- of life. The montage is... Perfect, and oh, some people great. don't like montages. I, no, I, this was great. I, I can dig a montage, I can, but it has to be great. This no, was it's a gotta great. It's got to be montage. well done, and this was well done for sure. It was t- the slow pace of it, mm-hmm. um, and you're seeing, and again, relating back to our theme of busted and readjusted, you're sort of seeing how the family has readjusted to their new status quo. Yeah. Tony has had a hit on him by his mother and his uncle. Oh my God. His family is no longer what it once was. Um, he doesn't have a therapist anymore. Pussy's coming back for the first time. It's a lot. So there's a lot. Of, uh, Janice is showing up on the scene. Aida Turturro, who is one of my all-time favorites. She's coming on. We're getting she, her. We'll get I'm, her. I, her acting in Phenomenal. this is just so... That, I, like, I, that's why I keep... I, people don't know, but I like hammer you about her constantly. You will love her. I'm just obsessed with her act, acting in this. Like she does such a good job of playing Tony's sibling and the Jersey girl who is, she escaped this whole lifestyle into this like foo-foo, crazy cuckoo world, right? She just- oh, Really? You called the foo-foo, crazy cuckoo the world that I'm in? Yeah. That world? You, Actually, you talk, I was, yeah. You talking I was, about my world. I was, I, definitely. Yeah. I might, maybe my name is Parvati. <laughs> maybe my name's Parvati. Indi- Parvati, um, like a cheese. That's so stupid. Um, wait, so this scene that was um, the opening scene yeah. where the stockbrokers the, in the exam room. room. Oh, they opened the whipist, the whip, whole whippistics thing. 
Oh my God. Wait, the best part was the the Asian guy whose name is Christopher Moltisanti. Mm-hmm. Like no one, I was like, really? Immediate deception. I know. And, me, and no one, and the, um, the guy who's giving the exam, he doesn't even like think that this no. guy might not be Christopher Moltisanti. I'm just no. going to throw that out there. Yeah, nice little, yeah. he looks like a Moltisanti. <laughs> Anyway, then we go to the mon- montage, right? And when that was great. Am I supposed to do the episode recap like we usually no. do? Do you no. care? Should no. I do it? Should I just no, do it? Don't just even in case? ask. Just go. Well, maybe I'm... some people don't remember what the what the season two. Oh, you know, no, um, they summary got it. Is. Guess Should what I give gonna... the summary like nope. I used to do? No, we're this is a new show. Are you sure? I'm positive. Go. All right. Livia in the hospital. We go All to right. Junior in jail. Melfi seeing patients at a motel. By the way, that motel is in Wayne. Oh, I forget what comfortable it, here. Hold I on. I forget what the motel's called, but in high school, that motel that they are at, and I, it's so fucking crazy. I swore again. Jesus. Am I allowed to sit like this? You can sit however you want. Am this I is our studio, man. Okay. Relax. Um, that motel oh, in oh high school, we used to rent out rooms and party. Oh, in that same motel yes, that she was in? that's what I'm trying to tell you. Yes, that's the, I think it's called the, um, the way, I don't, please write in and let me know what the name of the hotel is, because I'm sure someone will, or DM me or something. But yes, that, it was called, they even showed the name of it. I don't know if it's the real name, but that was the motel. I remember, I remember what it looked like. What'd you do in there? It was like on the outskirts of Wayne, New Jersey, and we all used to get rooms and like party, drink. That's I mean, we were fun. young. We didn't do that kind of oh, stuff we when we were that. little. We would wake up early. I just remember this in high school. We would actually wake up early when we all had, we were like juniors, I think. So we all had our cars and our licenses and we would drive to a park at like seven in the morning so we can drink for an hour before wait, school. Wait, at seven in the morning? It was so stupid. I oh, think You guys so. were more crazy than me. I mean, we would have like a wine cooler or two. A wine cooler for breakfast, like a mimosa. It was so stupid. Or if school got out early, we would do that. We would do it before. I mean, you know, you're crazy kids. You do stupid, stupid things. But I remember waking up early. I'm like, why are we meeting waking early? Up early. Maybe I have that backwards. I'm sure someone from high school will listen to this and be like, "No, Chris, you're 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 dyslexic." Maybe you guys it was to after smoke weed in the morning. That may- wake. No, that was. The weed thing was, sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> the weed thing was during like gym class. We would like pretend oh, to totally. write a letter 100%. from our parents. Like Chris is a you know a sore ankle. Chris has her period today. Yeah. I had my period. And then we would every leave day. and then go and all meet somewhere and smoke weed or something. Oh yeah, the weed. As my mom, are you on the pot? We we were allowed to smoke cigarettes. In our school, in the senior commons. Really? Yeah. Oh my God, shut up. We were allowed to smoke cigarettes in a Catholic school, Loyola in Manhattan. That's crazy. We wore uniforms and all the seniors Those smoked. nuns didn't give a shit? They weren't, we had nuns there, but no, we, it, was a, it, was a, it was a thing. The seniors earned the privilege to smoke cigarettes, but it was, that was what? over by the time I turned to a senior. Okay. I, when I was a freshman, the seniors were smoking and that was the last year of it. So I used to hang over the, the divider and just take drags of everyone's cigarettes. It's funny, smoking, smoking cigarettes was never my thing. Good Not for you. High school. Yeah. Good for you. Yep, I grew never up with, my my, thing. With, with packs of Vantage everywhere. I mean, chain smoking parents. My mother's night table drawer, cigarettes put out in the drawer. We were like mixed berry wine coolers <laughs> and beers. There you go. And weed. Everybody. We, yeah. we were wild. Anyways, anyway, back to back the episode as we digress like we always, always do. do. Um, um, the montage. So yeah, we have a lot of busted and readjusted moments here. And we also just have you know, we have we have um, Christopher blowing lines. Speaking of 
drugs. Yep, he we're setting that up because that's going to become a, a theme a throughout the series yeah, for him. It's already been problem. set up. Mm-hmm. Um, Carmen I, the kitchen. I love Carmen the kitchen and the passage of time where she's wearing two different outfits and she looks kind of happy <laughs> in one and kind of sad in the other. Um, Tony is back with Irina. Oh yeah, um, is the laundry part of the the montage or no? Is that an, another scene when he's emptying when he's when he's taking his shirt off? Um, oh no, he is. That's yeah. that's in the montage, and that is a like a famous, um, for me. And that's not a famous scene. It's a it's a a memory emblazoned in my head because my mom would always talk about my dad, not my dad, her grandfather, her father. Sorry, her father, my grandfather, would always change his shirt before he went to my grandmother's bedroom. Of course, because he was. And she cheating. would always say, He's, He's "You no good motherfucker." You know. Yeah. You guys- Anyways. This is with the gamas. Yeah, always with the gamas. Um, so then we see Carmen when she wakes up, speaking of gamas, she looks at Tony and then they turn away from each other. That moment. sets up the whole episode for the conflict that between yeah. the two of them. And That's how it. she's feeling, you know? Yeah, it's great. I love it. Yeah. And she's already, yeah, they, she, they haven't had sex in a while. She thinks it's because of the therapy. She doesn't written even. Well, she knows he's got another woman on the side. They just don't talk about it. It's like. I mean, she kind of throws it at him once in a while. Well, last season, he told her that he ended his affair yeah. to Carmela. Uh-huh. So she might think that they're just not having sex because no. he, because of therapy. A woman at this knows. Point. I mean, who knows? A woman knows. But sometimes a woman doesn't want to know. She knows, but she's she. It's, it seeps in her brain every once in a while, like in the morning when they wake up and they turn away from each other. Mm. If we're going to relate, we may as well just... Go right into it. Okay. Anyway, but we can we can relate to um, cheating and all that for the next um, six seasons of The Sopranos because that happens nonstop. Oh, so wow. we don't need to digress right now. Okay. Um, so now we have. Uh, I'm getting the newspaper, which is again his the regularness of his life, but now it's interrupted, and for the first time you see him doing something that's his everyday routine. And there, now fear sets in. Oh, yeah. So it's Looking the first time you shoulder. see that um, in the opening of season two. It's a great way to to highlight that regular scene of him always walking down that driveway. And boom, there's a moment of... What car is that? Yeah. That was crazy. I love that scene. And I love that that's how they, they bring pussy back. Bam. There he is. Yep. Well, I mean, he not quite, though. No, he's back. I mean, the first couple, he's in the first, you know, well, even the first. The, with the barbecue, the way Tony's staring at him. But I guess you also don't know if it's just his panic attack setting in or if he's actually suspecting something. I don't mean that pussy's not um, not an informant. I'm just saying he's back. They just brought him right back in. Like, you oh, know, yeah. he was gone for a while. He disappeared. He ran. Everybody thought he was a rat. And that's how he shows up. Yes. Bam. Season, you know, uh, episode one, season two. He's back. So, and I love, I love him. Yeah, I love him too. I love him. I don't like that he's an informant, but I love him. And then we're at um, inside the Sopranos house with Tony and Pussy. Yeah, and he tells, he says to him um, that he suspected, he suspected that he couldn't trust Tony the minute that he came to his house and said, "I'm your friend." I'm your friend. Remember yeah. when Tony goes to his house and he brings the pastries? Yes. That that was it. That was the moment Pussy knew he couldn't trust Tony. Well, it's it's a thing with the mouth again, you know, with Boca and all that. Everybody was talking. He yeah. heard everybody calling him a rat. He knew that if he stuck around, you know, he needed the, he needed the dust to settle for a second so he can come back 
and explain. Right. And he says, he knew everyone thought he was a rat, so he ran for a second. And he was with some, like, what, 20-year-old or something, did he say? Yeah, I don't know how many of that stuff is even true. It's all bull, yeah. But, um, but Pussy's problem. definitely readjusting. He's realigning himself there to be able to get all the information he needs to become... To, to go on the lamb eventually. Yeah. I mean, he'd probably go into witness protection. I guess. I mean, that's just, you know, I think he's just struggling between two worlds right now. And that's coming out with his back pain. It's all, his back pain, does, I mean, it doesn't even work later on when he gets the operation and everything. But I'm jumping ahead. You are jumping. Sorry. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah. Um, then we're. Have you ever had a friend in your life that you've been suspicious of, Chris? I mean, who hasn't? Is that is that, I'm going to answer your question with a question. I mean, how many friends? That, that's the question. How many friends have you had in your life? You know, what's have funny? you ever had a friend? Okay, have you ever had a friend in your life that you haven't been suspicious of? No, I'm, I don't. I'm, I'm, ne- I'm never suspect of any of my friends. It's usually my really close friends that have to say to me, "Watch out for that one. That yeah. one's a fucking snake." Because I always see the good in people way before I see any. Um, any of the any of the bad stuff, and that's to my detriment usually. That is you. That yeah. is you. And I'm surprised sure. about that because I always think of myself as like this tough balls to the wall kind of girl. No, but I'm really not. You're I not. really see the beauty in everything first, and then all that shit. Then it'll all crumble I, before my eyes, and I, I get betrayed a lot. I pride myself on being really good with people's energy. You and are really so good about that. I feel it like it smacks me in the face. And I think you're being negative sometimes. I'm like, I know. she just does, she suspects everyone. And I'm like, everyone's beautiful, man. Yeah, I know. I know you are. <laughs> I'm like, how did I become that guy that everyone's yeah. beautiful, man? No, but I mean, I see the light. Look, I don't, no one needs to be perfect, but. Yeah, even you when know. someone does something wrong or, you know, even say, okay, if I was being cheated on. Mm-hmm. Looking back on on situations like that, I totally understand why. Maybe that maybe I'm a sucker, maybe I'm an idiot, but I would totally even understand what was that person's journey? Why did they do that? Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to, you're just a fucking asshole. Like you just don't do that. Like it's so close minded. Like if someone is 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 um, backstabbing me, I would always think, well, where are you coming from with that? Like it's not so much that it's. I don't really think about it as being about me. Do you know it's what I mean? not. Because you know, it never about- is. But when a, for me, when I'm talking about energy, if there's a person in my life or a person that I'm, I'm close to you, and if I see another person around you that is putting that energy on you, I'm going to say something Malokia. to you. So uh, we got to take a break from the Soprano rewatch. I need a little break for a second. I, I, I need to talk about <laughs> oh, our no. sponsors, um, Tushy. Okay. First of all, this is genius. It's genius. And I, I know that we've already done an ad for them already. Yeah. But I hadn't fully experienced. No, I hadn't fully experienced it because I even said I thought it was just for your butthole. This is like a good way to keep your butthole clean. Uh, toilet paper is archaic. We all know this. I mean, if you're not using wipes, but now you don't even need wipes. Oh my God. What especially is in the coronavirus <laughs> days? But I didn't know there was a lever that could clean your cooch. Oh my God. And he, Chris, Chris. Help Do you remember me. when you discovered the bidet in the 80s Yes. or the ni- early 90s or like the jacuzzi jets when you're a kid? So now we're getting into your butthole. <laughs> so we're, now we're getting into Dre DiMatteo's butthole routine. No, no, no. This is not my butthole routine. This is my cooch routine. Forget about <laughs> the butthole. Cooch, your cooch routine. I yeah. kind of didn't want to get off the toilet and I thought, 
oh no, I better get off the toilet because then I'm probably not going to want to fool around later because you can, that's, um, yeah. (laughs) Yep. That is, uh, oh my it's God. A, I it's mean, am a, I allowed to say this? I don't know. I thought we were going in a different direction, but oh, it's yeah, like, go it's, for it. Wow. It's, you know, for those of experience. you who know what I'm talking about without me having to say it, I'm just going to shut the fuck up now. And, um, Chris, I want you to read me okay. some would, of the, some of Tushy's, um, their, their, their quotes and their taglines. We don't normally do this because we like to talk about the product, but I am so obsessed <laughs> With their taglines because they don't give a shit, literally. <laughs> um, what's the, the um, is your butthole ready for a late night booty call, Dre? Is it? What is if your... it's not? And what if it's not? <laughs> what if it's gamey? <laughs> what if you have a gamey barnhole? Poor, poor Robbie. Okay, oh go God. ahead. Read okay, me another okay. one. Um, we're done with douchebags, right? <gasps> oh, I mean, do you remember douchebags, by the way? I do you remember people that used to be people with douche? I don't, I did I know I don't but I don't we're I, okay. done with douche we're bags. done with douchebags no I think they're talking about like douchebags like men like douchebags like we're done with douchebags I right? don't know it's just I anybody that has the word douchebag well, in an ad is my kind of you um, deserve better product. something more sophisticated forward thinking and well sexy <laughs> enter the hello tushy bidet attachment because it's an it's an attachment. Oh, oh, I know, <laughs> I know. I don't know that I can ever live without my tushy enjoying it again. And that you guys should probably um, <laughs> know that you could t- take care of yourself in a lot of ways on the on the tushy. <laughs> on the tushy. <laughs> on the tushy. <laughs> on, on, yeah, on the tushy. Hellotushy.com. Oh, I feel so good when you clean Slash. your pooch after fooling around with that thing. Gangster goddess. It just it puts out the fires. It's it, it's like it puts it, out a fire. Fresh. Hello Tushy is fresh. Yeah. Hellotushy.com slash gangster goddess ten percent off. No more UTIs, no more stinky cooch, fresh, no more gamey butthole. Coochie, fresh butthole. And thanks to us at Gangster Goddess, you get 10% off. You're welcome. Chris, let me see your butthole. Your butthole is welcome. Chris, let me see it. <laughs> your butthole is welcome. Your butthole is welcome. All of our oh. buttholes are because of Gangster oh, Goddess I, and Hello Tushy. Wait, and the towels, Please. the little towels they give you with the Well, with you the, have to order the them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First of all, it's so easy to put into your toilet. Yeah. I mean, it's so awesome to have this little hose that squirts up onto your private parts. I love it. Yeah. Dre's going to do a demonstration (laughs) on our next episode. So tune in. I would like to do a demonstration. Tune in to episode four when Dre demonstrates the the tushy attachment. (laughs) And the little bamboo towels. So good. Yeah. So good. I'm a fan. Okay, let's get back to the Soprano episode. I could talk about... I know you could. I could talk about this um, this product all day. <laughs> and, and I just kind of want to get home and I want to finish the Soprano rewatch so I can get back home to my tushy. To your tushy. Attachment yeah. and tushy. Hellotushy.com backslash gangster goddess. 10% off for a clean tushy. And cooch. And coochie. Coochie, 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 coochie. Okay, okay, okay. This situation with Pussy and Tony. Bring he, it back, Dre. Bring it back. He would rather not. He would rather not have to squeal on his friend. No. So he has to convince himself that Tony's a piece of shit in order to, to do what he needs to do. And, you know, this will progress as the series goes, as the season goes. 
Um, and Tony's trying. He's trying to give him so many chances, but he know he feels the energy. He knows the way he looks at him in the end of the barbecue. But he, we don't know. You don't know if that's Tony uh, still going into panic mode because he I just lost his temper the way he did over over Janice. Yeah. I don't no. know. I think he he's it's a twofold thing. So much Layers, deception. Deception, so much. deception, deception. That's where we're at right now. And it's setting all of that up. Um who were who are going to be Tony's, I guess, antagonists throughout this um this season. Livia is now in the hospital and she's dead to him. Um so she really can't do much damage. Junior's in jail. Mm-hmm. He can't really do much, but although he could call things from the street, but I don't think he really has much power. Um, he's sort of, his dignity has sort of been taken away and Tony's sort of sitting pretty right now. Um, he's acting, what did Michael say? Cause we, we're not sure, but it said on, on the, on the show, Franchesi? street, it said street boy, street, uh, street boss. He said he was a street boss. No, he said street boss wasn't correct. Uh, Fr- yeah. Francis said it wasn't um, <clears throat> last correct episode. terminology. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, acting boss. He's acting boss. He's now. acting boss. Yeah, yeah. he's acting boss because Junior. Well, Junior's away. Well, well, Junior's getting out. We know that soon. But uh, anyhow, so yeah, there's. Then we have Janice, who's mm, perfectly positioned to take Livia's place. She even takes her place at the dinner table eventually this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but they throw this big party for her for her arrival. But anyway, we'll get there. Um, so wait, let's see. Let's see where we are. I don't even know where we po- are. Oh, the fake. We've digressed. We again. always do. Upstairs in the Soprano house, Tony tells Tony tells Pussy that Junior's under indictment on twelve RICO charges, tax evasion, and then Philly Parisi has stepped in to run Junior's crew. Mm-hmm. Right, Philly Parisi, Dan Grimaldi, friend of my dad, my mom's. My mom pretty much was friends with every. She knew every actor mm. before. She was friends with Junior. She was friends with all these. Um, people before The Sopranos started because she, everybody wanted to be in her plays. Because she was a gangster goddess. Because she was a gangster goddess. But she wrote all these Italian-American plays that were amazing. A lot of them about the mafia, a lot of them about just everyday Italian Let's life. Let's put a picture of your mom on our Instagram and our socials. We should. I she mean, would like she's a that. gangster goddess. We'll put it back black and white with our whole motif. We're putting it up there. She would like that. You know, she, her dementia, she has dementia. I've mentioned this in the last podcast. I think a lot of it's been brought on by um, her childhood Stress. with her life in the mob. Um, and when her family all finally died, she kind of died with them. Well, yeah. She, she, her brain shut down. Um, I think she just couldn't deal with the memories of her past. And she kind of just took off. This is a highly intelligent woman who wrote insanely beautiful plays yeah. about the mafia. Um, pretty crazy stuff. Anyhow. Digressing, Digressing, as I usually do. Okay, the fake drop-off at the airport. I love Ooh, that. I, like that I had one. to watch that a few times. That was a good To one. be like, what's happening? We, he's getting out with the suitcase. And I was like, rewind, play, rewind, play, rewind, play. Yeah, there's, well, Gigi Sistone, who's uh-huh. played by John Fiore. He's wearing those skin-tight pants. Oh, he's Can we take cool. a break and talk about skin-tight? Because he looks no. kind of hot in those pants. He's, he's charismatic. He's got a nice big meaty he's got ass. got a little charisma. He's got a bubble butt. He's handsome. Um, anyway, Dan Grimaldi, who plays um, Philly Parisi. David Chase loved his character so much. He loved his acting. Dan Grimaldi, my mom's old friend, that he ended up bringing him back later as a twin brother called Patsy. Oh. So Patsy ends up being on the show for a while. But anyhow, I liked that whole storyline. It reminded me of our conversations with Michael Franzisi about 
um, people spreading rumors, gossip. You know, we didn't really get a chance to walk through the episode with him because we we were supposed to do this episode with with him, guys. But we spoke for we three got hours. So caught up, and we didn't want to keep him for the rewatch because it's a, it's not a, well, a very in depth rewatch. It's the real re-watch. deal. Yeah. His, his his life is the real deal. So we just wanted to focus on him, which was the right move because what a great interview that was. Yeah, so a lot of these things, there's not mm. much depth to what's going on. There's just sort of getting us from point A to point yeah. B. We see Melfi in the hotel. Um, another little tidbit there. Well, that's, they, he, yeah, go ahead, sorry. Her patient. Her patient is Terry Winter, who is one of our number one writers on The Sopranos. Oh, really? Yeah, and he also wrote lots of Boardwalk Empire, oh, and he's wow. one of my favorite writers of all time. She's so bored with him. And that it, she's bored with it. Like she's Mrs. Tony. Not really, but a little bit. Like she's but just like, do you really believe that she would be conducting her therapy? No. At In a, a motel. motel? No. It's she, almost like passive aggressive. It's like my life is a mess. I'm just gonna conduct my my whole thing out of this. I'm just gonna go to this terrible I mean, it's ghetto a shitty hotel. Little hotel outside the outskirts of Wayne, yeah. New Jersey. Like literally where I'm probably, Chris used to get hammered. Where I used to get hammered on wine cooler. God only knows what else. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even going to go there because my parents are still living, thank God. Oh, it's okay. You're almost 50. <laughs> yeah, I'm almost 50. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's where Tony finds her. And he calls her from a payphone at the hotel. And he tells her it's safe to go home. Because yeah. he just killed. He just killed the guy who was gossiping. And, you know, he's he, he took care of it for her. I like when she says to him, how many more People have to die, die for your personal growth. Oh, it was so good. That's the diner scene. We're going to get there. Yeah. So then we I have, mean, we're actually going scene by scene. I mean, I didn't expect to go scene by scene. No. So I feel like we don't really have to anymore. We have to do anything. But I do want to go into this next scene. Only because Adriana says to him. What? Um, oh, the stock, uh, when uh, Christopher's sleeping in the stockbroker office? She goes, what's, she goes uh, something like, hey, EF, or yeah. I'm listening she would never know who E.F. Hutton is or his slogan. Well, no, but yes, she would because it was so popular on TV. This well, is E.F. Hutton. It wasn't, it wasn't oh, the, see, I don't know. I didn't really It was watch. a commercial. Am I right, Dave? You can talk on the podcast. Back then in the 80s, it was... Uh, it was E.F. Yes. Well, no, the show was in the 90s. <laughs> but Dave, what, what was the slogan on the TV? Does anyone remember when EF, the... Con- when E.F. talks, people listen. When E.F. talks, people listen. And it was a, it was a commercial that everyone... But when? I don't remember, but back then. I don't know. I never so watched it. So that's why she I remember she... Crazy Eddie and Phil Rizzuto from the Money Store. Oh, of course. Crazy, <laughs> this is Crazy Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. Phil Rizzuto. You're Crazy late, Eddie. Late night. You're the woman, Crazy Eddie. Well, yeah, I always you. say that Dre. I'm going to hit you with my mic. I always say that Dre is a cross between like Howard Stern. That's what, you know. And Crazy Eddie? No. <laughs> crazy Eddie. What about Robin Bird? This is the Robin Bird show. Okay. Anyway, that would be sick. Um, (laughs) Christopher's working. My my twedgy underwear. Christopher's working as a compliance officer. Do you like how I just keep on going when you get crazy? Just just stop me. (laughs) Just talk over me, please. Christopher's working as a compliance officer for an investment firm selling worthless stocks to senior citizens. This is the first time we see Tweedledee and Tweedledum, too. Or and as this they is call like, them, Chippendale. And this is the new business, right? We see that Tony now, they have moved into selling yeah, bullshit stock to yeah, these seniors. To, to the elderly, right? That's kind of bullshit. And that's where we meet Lilo Brancato, mm-hmm. who's an old old friend of mine. Because um, we, well, I wouldn't say, I, I mean, we, we did a movie together. Um, we didn't really work together on The Sopranos, but we did a movie together with Abel <clears throat> Ferrara 
years ago. And boy, oh boy, was that an experience. And he's going to come on and talk about it and we'll, we'll have a, a good time with him. Well, he has um, a crazy story too, right? Yes. I mean, he is, I, I put in my notes that he was, um, he was sentenced to 10 years in prison for his involvement in an attempted burglary that led to a shooting death of an NYPD Cop. officer. Yeah. The guy who he was went in to burglarize something with, he who shot the bullet, went for life. I know. Went to jail for life. I oh, mean, I know, I know the whole story. I was telling it's crazy. I was telling my well, I can't wait to get into it with him, but I was telling my husband about that the notes and stuff like that. And I was like, what a bad decision. He must have been drunk high or something. And he there made part- one yeah, there was definitely bad a lot of choice. going on there. And he, not good partying. It wasn't like, let's party. You know. It's heroin or something, right? Yeah, we were all, yeah. And no, Lilo, I'm, sorry, I'm sure. Yeah, that- well, when we did the Abel Ferrara movie together. You know what? We shouldn't even, we should, no, we're teasing this is Lilo it. Stuff. We're I'm- teasing it. We're going to talk about this later. All I'm um, saying is he went to jail for like eight years. Yes, and he that's did. a crazy story. I mean, going from Sopranos to prison for eight years. This little, this kid, this good-looking, charismatic. Well, I asked him, "Do you want to come do a rewatch, or do you want to yeah. um, do a busted and readjusted?" And he said, "People don't want to remember any of that shit. Well, you know, let me just do a, a, a rewatch with you." Uh, and I thought, "No." You got to, you know, maybe after he sees um, Franzisi's interview, yeah. maybe he'll want to do it because I mean that's his a story. story. His story's more about you know c- overcoming the situation, and that's what we're about. He's really readjusted his life so much. Oh, he should um, be proud of that. Yeah, yeah we need to talk to him. It's great. I did a documentary for him. I can't remember the name of it, um, but it's about his story, and I tell the story about he and I doing the Abel Ferrara movie. And that was a wild time, but I'm not going to get into it. We'll get into it yeah. with him. So um, we're at the Bada Bang. But that's the first time you <laughs> see them. And these two, um, they're like two total morons, the, the Sean and Matt, oh, the two pathetic. characters. All they want to do is be in the... Mo- they're they like, call them Chip and Dale, but <laughs> I like to call them Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Yeah. I mean, they're just... All, all they want to do is be is get in that mob. Oh, oh! before we move on, yeah. um, in that scene with the Wibistics mm-hmm. and the boys, and when Christopher leaves with Adriana, and then he beats that boy up, oh. that boy, another actor that was in one of my mother's plays. Oh, wow. I could not believe it. I was like, Jesus, they're everywhere. It's all these New York actors. Yeah. Um, and he's a fantastic actor, and I cannot remember his name, but he was an amazing actor. Hmm. Yeah, in my mom's play. Fun fact, Ray. Fun Fun fact. fact. Fun fact. So um, they're at the Bada Bing, and um, they're all thanking. They're all thanking Tony for the for the tip for the sock scam tip. They're like, "Thank you for the wobistics." Oh, was oh the with um when Neil Mink comes in with Hesh, right? Yeah, and the lawyer. Yeah, yeah. But they're coming there really to let him know. Well, first of all, you see the lawyers on the take. Yeah. Um. So you know, crooked law enforcement, everything. Um, well, not enforcement, Law- but the lawyer. Um, <clears throat> but um, in this scene, you really see the problems that are on the street for Tony. Now, he not only is Junior about to get out. Janice is back. She gets, he gets a phone call. Car- what does he say? That uh, uh, five, grand, he, does, does five grand lighter when she, when she rain dances back to the commune. Yeah. Yeah, he gets five grand lighter because she's just, I need yeah. money. I mean, the, hi- the hippies the and the gangsters, yeah. man, Tony yeah. is never safe. Never safe. But anyway, like she the most shows sane up one out of them all. And she says, Parvati is here. 
<laughs> and, you know, the name Parvati. Why would they name her Parvati? So I was trying to think about that because I know that she was Shiva's wife. I know that. Um, this is all Hinduism, guys. It's something that I used to be interested in when I was a youngster. Get make fun of me with your glasses. Get. Um, anyway, she always had four arms. When she's alone, she has four arms. When she's with Shiva, she has two. And I think she's holding a mirror in one of them, which is always meaningful to me because it's a, a reflection of some sort. But she was the goddess of fertility, love, beauty, devotion, and children. And she was worshipped for help with parenting. So I thought that's interesting, but um, you know, there's so many different theories on on aspects of of um, Parvati, but they also say that she burned herself with anger, um, with her own anger, with her own fire, which I thought was very telling about Janice because she is really enraged underneath all this sort of you yeah, know you don't tries- you don't run away from home and you know. Also, later on, you learn about a little more about her relationship with Livia and the things yeah. that Livia will say to her. Um, but um, yeah, there, and then there's the whole thing with Ganesh where she told her son to watch, to stand guard for her. And then Shiva, her husband, came Wait, to I'm see so her hungry and for- Shiva killed the son. Shiva killed Ganesh. But the only way she could bring Ganesh back, they had to replace his head. So they cut the head off of an elephant and put the elephant's head <laughs> on the boy. And that's what I meditate with is Ganesh, a rose quartz Ganesh. Oh always. God. All I because know. Because you know what Ganesh is? is I hey, want chicken hey. tikka masala. You know right what the Ganesh is? <laughs> the remover of My obstacles. The re- you want Indian food now. Me it's too. a chicken tikka masala. Me Let's go get too. Indian food after Ooh, that. Ooh, look at Dave's tattoo. Oh, he has a, That's he has a nice. monkey. A monkey Shiva. Okay, Dave, you need to like show is your face. Like, you guys both need to be on camera. Wait, you Dave, guys are is cute. that Shiva? On your arm? Is it a monkey Shiva? Yes, kind of. Anyway, bada bing, reunion with pussy. The guys welcome him back. He says he apologizes for leaving. Um, Pussy's story of being in Puerto Rico checks out. So they're all happy. For the what moment. does Stevie say? He goes, our true enemy has yet to reveal himself. Yes. When he's quoting um, The uh, Godfather. Godfather. But, uh, yep. That's, that's pussy. Happening. That's pussy. That's pussy. But he's like not an enemy. Again, no. like, there's still an anti-hero vibe for him. I, you still love him. You're rooting for him. But yeah, it's no. No nope. good. It's like Adriana. And then we're at the Soprano Kitchen with Janice. Is this at the party? This is the party, right? No, the- this is um, <coughs> this is when she. This is the first time they see each other. This is the oh, first time right. Tony yeah, sees her. Yeah, and they like totally. Get and it's jump light. Back in. It's a yeah. very light it's scene. Cute. It's their relationship set up. Um, Jenna says that she's seeing um, her therapist. Right? He says. I remember he said, "Oh, you look good. You look like a teenager or something." And she's like, "My therapist says I'm regressing. Like, is it as if it's oh, yeah. a, All a positive thing, though." Like, you, you never want to regress. Right, right. From your therapist, right? She's getting like, younger. Yeah, no. Men- oh, hold on. Oh, my God. She's oh, stretching. Yeah. I'm just going to keep going. No, keep going. Don't okay, what me. else? I'm um, just getting my pants out of my ass. Tony's, Tony got in late. He says he got in late. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's teasing her and everything. Yeah. Um, it's a light scene. It's, it's cute. Just, it's a setup. It's just to see what their relationship looks like. Um, it's very cute and sweet. He knows she's there for something. She said clearly. She asked about Livia. Yeah, there's. He's like, she's dead to me. Yeah, Which, yeah. What does he say? She's um, the devil. He says she's the devil. He says something about that opera. Well, she's on the. She's. He says that that opera. Mm. Um, it was no stroke. That was. What was it? it was a no stroke. That opera was brought on by repressed rage. So 
you know, what yeah. was I just saying about about Parvati? Repressed rage. She was burned by her own fire. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it kind of ties in, right? Right. That's right. A, right. It okay, does. Okay. Yes, Dre. Um, the answer is yes. And she says she's in that place. She's on the fucking lamb from me. Yeah. Which is true to mm-hmm. a degree. Absolutely. Um, and we'll learn more about that in the next coming episodes about why she wants to, why she prefers to stay at Green Grove or a place like that. And then he calls her a streg, a streg, which is strega, mm-hmm. which is a witch. Oh, really? And since we're not going to be doing mob lingo at the end of every episode anymore, or maybe we will. We'll no, see. We're not. You know what, guys? Tell us what you want us to do. Like, if you want segments, then maybe we'll incorporate them. Tell us. But we can do the mob lingo as we go, or we can do it at the end. I mean, however you like it. We will still be doing the food thing every now and then. Anyway, a streg is a witch. We're doing a new, new food thing. It's a new food thing. Well, I okay. mean, food is food, yeah. Food you, is you, food. You're going to give Indian recipes now? Indian food recipes? Because now that's what I want to eat, too. After I'm talking so about I'm hungry right now for that. Me too. Okay. Mm. Anyway, um, Janice offers to care for Li- Livia, and she asks, of course, for money. I, I don't remember Do how much. Do you see the way she looks at his at his money when he takes it out? The yeah. way she's looking at she's it? Like his, she's like his daughter she's or like, something. <laughs> yeah. I know. You know? <laughs> and he, he and to fix he, the car, Tony. This is where she, he tells her that he put the house for sale, right? Yeah. And then he sees that... Um, it's very obvious when they, he sees the pool cleaner in the pool. And normally his reference to the pool in the first episode of the first season was the ducks. Mm-hmm. And now it's the first episode of the second season and we see the pool cleaner, which looks like a snake. Yep. And then Livia will refer to her as a snake later on in the, se- in the, in the snake season. Snake in the grass. A snake in the grass. She should have said, she's a snake in the pool, that one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, um, so then we're at Bada Bing, and Tony confronts Chris. Yeah, it's a quickie. Just yeah. letting him know, don't <clears throat> don't fuck up. You don't, another you know another soldier who doesn't take, he does not play by the rules. You just tell him who's boss. Wild Tony cards. just needed to lay into him a little bit. You need to lay into him. He needs to clean up Lazy. a little bit. Chris, yeah, it's laziness. Chris is getting a little oh out God. of control. My he boobs thinks- are really falling out. This is a problem. <laughs> Can you please keep an eye? I will. Oh, yeah. Robbie's like, I'll keep an eye. <laughs> Okay, so then we go to Livia's house with um, Carmen Tony, and um, it gets damaged by a bunch of kids, right? They van- vandalized it, broke some windows, went upstairs. I guess they put on the water, which I don't have in my house right now. Yeah, you can really see the decay of the house, which I think is sort of symbolic for the decay for of their her. relationship, yeah. the family disintegrating, um, just recklessness, all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Also, um, Edie's voice in that episode, she had no voice. Do you notice it? Mm-hmm. I totally remember that day when, when she we was were sick? filming. I was must have been working that same week or that day. And I remember hearing her voice so clearly and remembering, oh, wow, she's sick. But then my, my kids heard my voice when I said, what's up, BF? I'm listening. And Blackjack said, is that your real voice? Uh. And I was like, um, yeah, and normally I talk really high on the show. Like, my accent, I talk like this. But that, but didn't. I didn't. My voice was, I talked like this. Because I was smoking friggin' six packs of cigarettes a day on that set. Now look we at all you. were. Now you're um, meditating and eating Indian food. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, this is a great scene because, <clears throat> I don't know if this is the first time. So you're making me want to cough because you're talking about cigarettes. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Anyway, um, Livia, Carm is convincing Tony to go back to therapy. Yeah. Meanwhile, she was so against him having that woman therapist, you know, and now she's like taking anything she can get 
for him because she realizes that he needs he needs some help. Yeah. And she can't help him. And also because so even if it's a woman they're, therapist. They're not having sex. They're not having sex. And he's <laughs> obviously just having sex with somebody else coming home in the morning. I can't believe he got back together with Irina with the beautiful boobies. Mm, here we go. You know I love her boobies. Yep. I do. I mean, she's the only woman I've ever seen hanging over a man like that. And her boobs still look gorgeous. And they're real. They are? I don't know about that. I think that. those are real boobies. I don't think so. I we should them. have a segment called Real or Not Real. Because everyone in the Bada Bing, not real. <laughs> no, though, you could see in the beginning when Paulie yeah. is, is banging that girl, oh, that you can boobs. see the bags in her boobs. You can uh, see the so move. bad. I felt like painful. her skin around her boobs because it was it like wrinkling. Big. It looked like her skin wasn't thick or something was wrong. No, I just, she stretched her skin out too much. No, they were just a bad job. It was just a bad job. Yeah. Um, so Chris's office, Chris uh, smooths things out with the manager. Yeah, with Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Yep. Back with the boys. And then we're in Livia's hospital room when Meadow visits, right? Yeah, there's a little setup there. I like when she says, they beat me at night. They I, beat us But you at know night. What, what I found peculiar is that she says that and Meadow doesn't even, if I'm a granddaughter and someone says that, my grandmother says they beat me at night, I'm going to probably ask a question. I know, I agree. I'm going to say, wait, what? She what probably, grandma? She's, maybe she's so used to her grandmother just... I know, but I would still ask. I would say, what are you talking about? What do yeah. you mean they beat you? She didn't even flinch. It no. was like a thing. Um, she gives her the ring. That's mm-hmm. a, a manipulation tactic. Yeah. But I did find it interesting that she was supporting Tony. Yeah, that was weird. Like, why? I don't understand why. That Those are the things that confuse me sometimes. That's where I think she's so conniving and so clever. But yet I wonder if she just really does have... Somewhat of a genuine side in I her think old it's, age. I, I, just, I, I can't tell. I just think it's um, it's her thing. Like, she's used to that. Like, her whole life, she was probably, you know, respect your father. It's just something she's comfortable with. It's just part of her, her role. So maybe that, you know, I don't know. But it's she, you know, she's it still was in, her, in her manipulating way. But, uh, you know, Janice is now here to take over that role. Yeah. So, you know, and you also see how Junior has somewhat given up on... And we're going to see that later. Mm-hmm. Things are going to unfold, but um, no, you're not going to unfold them and ruin everything no, I'm for not. everybody. I, I was thinking twice about it. Did you see how I paused? I know. Thank you. That was really nice. I'm going to smash this mic into, thank your, you into your pretty so white much. teeth and your red lips. Cha-ching! Can we do a little like a meme with like, <laughs> Robbie? Can we get graphics on her teeth next, oh please? God. Thank you. I'm going to do it too. Well, there's my teeth in the in the logo. I love but, those um, teeth. Okay, Look so at that Tony, logo. Tony dr- driving, jamming out, smoke in the water. That was yep. a great team. Yeah. It's cute. And he's driving by all those burnt out buildings. Again, more decay, more just sort of, you know. That's that's parts of Jersey. It's no, all I know, great. But the, I, it's character, man. But they man. pick that, dude. Like, they, they don't always have to pick it. They can pick something, a different setting for him to drive on. Yeah. Like, that's intentionally picked. You know what I forgot to write down? He crashes and there's a, there's a did you notice that? Yeah, it's a bank, what? Summit Bank. But it, but it says, says something. Um, people it? find answers, not excuses. We're talking about the billboard over where he crashes. Yeah. And it's, yeah, people find answers, not excuses. Not excuses. You Ginger, know that was Ginger was like, look at the billboard. I was like, I don't know if it's relevant or not. It's got to be. Um, David Chase, there's always something relevant. I don't know if they would put a billboard up for a scene. No, I don't think so. But I think they scouted it, scouted it out yeah. and was like, this is where he needs to crash because of that saying above. Absolutely. I, yeah, like not, pussy. Pussy could find an answer to the situation and maybe not an excuse. 
And maybe he could have gone to Tony and tried yeah. to smooth this out. I always wonder that with informants. Like, why can't you try? Like, why didn't Adriana talk to anybody first before, you know, I guess she did try when she told Christopher, but, you know, yeah. anyway. I um, liked when the music got slower, like matching his heartbeat and his like panic oh, attack awesome. thing. That's, That's great. The slow motion type of thing. Um, so we're at the therapist's office. The therapist admits that even with the alias of Mr. Spears, he can't. He knows who Tony is, and he's not gonna. He's not gonna see him anymore. And then he makes a stupid joke about analyze this. Yeah, and he's wearing a bolo tie, and his little office is decorated with all his Santa I thought you were Fe accents. Little something else. And he's in the middle of freaking New Jersey, so he needs to calm the fuck he down. He needs to calm down. He needs to calm the fuck down. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, and then we go to the Sopranos house for the party. And um, this is Carm in the kitchen with her mom. What does she say? That's a good one. When the oh, mother I like that. says, yeah, right? yeah. Remember what she said to you about the wedding. She said that it was a mistake that Tony would get bored with you. This whole scene. Um, and Carmela shakes her head like, yep, pretty much. Yeah. Like she agrees. Um, well, she's in it. Yeah. Right now. Well, she's feeling it. But I do think, uh, well, at the very top of the scene, they light the barbecue. Mm -hmm. I don't, and I, I questioned that. They light the barbecue. Janice pulls in. So you see this fire flame. You see Janice pull in in the green car. And then you go into the scene of the house. Uh -huh. They could have just started with Janice pulling in or with the barbecue. Um, but they needed to light that fire, which was 100% to say... There's heat on the motherfucking street right now. Yeah. With her pulling in, <laughs> pussy there, Junior getting out. <clears throat> things are about to ramp the fuck up. So, um, yes, now we meet some new characters. We meet um, Edie Falco's mom and dad. Mm -hmm. um, Edie Falco's mom, played by Susan DeAngelis, who I believe, I'm sorry, Susan Shepard. Jeez, her, the character's name is DeAngelis. Susan Shepard, who was an acting teacher, who I adored. Oh, really? Yeah, I adored her. Aww. Yeah, she was a, a wonderful lady. Um, I think she also knew my mom. <laughs> oh, everybody, it's like six degrees of your <laughs> my mom. mom's the mayor. Um, but the, you see Janice and Barbara discussing how Tony's treating Livia. It seems, it's, so, it's weird to me that these bo both of them left the life, the two sisters. Yeah, and they, Barbara's got her number. They're not your typical Barbara's mob got daughters. Yeah, yeah. Barb's so normal. She married a looks like a mayonnaiseer completely, and you know Janice is like this hippie chick. And so like and Tony was the one left to carry the torch well, in the like mob my mom. family. My mom became the total opposite of what would have been expected for her and her yeah. family. Yeah, she was a, considered a beatnik in her day. That's crazy. Yeah, but oh, the girl who plays Barbara, when I was a kid. I used to go see the Naked Angels theater company perform all their shows in Manhattan. And her name is Nicole Burdett. And she was one of my favorite actresses in the Naked Angels. And I was obsessed with that theater company. And I wanted nothing more than to be a part of that company. Aww. I just want to say that. Maybe you can get I was really excited when she was on the show. <laughs> I was so excited when she was playing Barb. And I, she probably thought I was crazy, but I was like... I'm a really big fan of yours, no. you know, from back in those days, because that theater company was fantastic. Anyways, it's a New York thing. I love thing. your little tidbits. It's a New York thing. And Bocelli is playing, right? That mm -hmm. song, um, mm -hmm. I'll Go With You, is the translation of the song. I won't say it in Italian today. How about that? How about I don't do the Italian? All right. <laughs> okay. So then we go to the to Tony's Grilling with Pussy and Sell, Polly and Hesh. Well, before he gets there, he um, gets pissed off about Janice. Because she leaves early for that gallery opening in Chelsea. 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's more about and Corn was trying to look like she was trying to keep her in or well, something. Well, she made her yeah. a, a pie with pears. Of what kind of pie? What was the pie? It got pie. Was it a got? No, it was. Um, what was the pie? But it had special pears. But my favorite was canned pears. Canned pears, yeah. Not fresh, but canned. Canned. You got to use okay. the can- pound cake. Oh, she made. Oh, I got a great pound cake recipe. Okay, we'll, we'll talk put it about on the website. that. We'll put it on the website. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say about? Oh, he calls her a pukiak when he's yelling at Carmela. Yes, he did. And that's one of my favorite words of all time. Pukiak. My father used to say that on a regular basis. That no good fucking pukiak. I can't say that word. You can't. Pukiak? Nope. nope. You can't say it because you hate it or because you can't pronounce it. I just can't say it. Does it bother you when I say it? No, I can't say I can't pronounce it. Okay, um, anyway, so let's now, start so right now, here. So now Tony, Carmela says, go out with your friends. Get some pleasure. Have some pleasure. Have a beer or yeah, something. Yeah, And now he's already frazzled the fuck. And you can tell he, you can't, you, you don't know if he's going to have a panic attack. I know. I um, think he was looking at pussy. I, I don't, I think that the stress of not knowing and getting confused, I think it was putting him into a panic attack. But I think it started with... You know, looking at pussy, like, what the hell's going on here? Is this guy going to sell me down the river? Is he a rat? You know what I thought? I mm-hmm. thought this is more to, this is where they bring in all of what they did in season one, mm-hmm. where they have all this ambiguity. Yeah. So I felt like you don't know, because you don't know if this is now panic or if it's... What, what is it? Yeah. I mean, I thought it was a panic. I thought it was stress coming going into a panic. Confusion, stress, then to panic attack. Um, and then we're at the bar with Chris, Adriana, and the, and the pathetic stockbrokers who are dying to get into that mafia yeah. at all costs. I was shocked when I saw this scene, actually, because Why? I, well, I said this in season one, too. Um, they didn't really 100% have Adriana's voice yet for the show because oh, she was never God. meant to this be a regular. So she gets developed and she becomes more submissive as time goes on. But mm-hmm. I thought she was so submissive, I think. But she really wasn't as submissive as I thought she oh was. Oh, my God. Not in this scene. I mean, she smacks him right in the fucking face. He's, right he back. He smacks her. I mean, this was a whole setup. Like, at first you think their relationship is sweet. You know, it's kind, it was kind of sweet before this. And now you're saying... Oh, no, it's passionate. Yeah. I mean, but he was sweet to her a couple times with different things in season one. But he still, he still loves her. You can tell by he's, the way he's looking at her in this scene. But he smacks her right across the face. Is this going to, is this like because a whole Because she calls of, him a junkie in front of those two boys. Well, yeah. Well, it's it a sign sets of up weakness. two different things. His addiction problem and a little bit of domestic abuse mm-hmm. that's, that's setting in, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I like the fact that she smacked, I'm surprised when she smacked him right back that he didn't fucking grab her by the neck and, and I you know. know, like, and she walks away. Because he can't manage his temper and made guys, they can't do that. No. Uh-uh. Nope. They gotta, they gotta All maintain the their All the research with Michael, their last interview, I, you can't even accuse someone of yeah. something. You have to, you have to, cool, calm, and collected. Totally. Um, so that was a great scene and you, yeah, we, I would like to reenact that smack at some point. I wish I could remember filming these things. I don't remember. Well, did you, that was written in, right? The smack? Yeah. You, you, did you think it wasn't written in? I don't know. You thought that I just smacked him back? I was like, I don't know. That would be something that if anyone would do that, it'd be you. Like that's your, that's your personality. Like, let me try something crazy here. David Chase. Impossible. I'm going to like, you know, that was something that you could definitely pull off and would want to try. Like, let's just try it my way one time. I'm just going to try it. I'm just going to go out on a limb here and try it my way. 
Hmm. People you usually like, hire me to play roles like that where I'm smacking someone. Well, you in the like face. write that shit in, in your head and then you're like, let me just try it this way. Because she might, you just want to smack him the fuck back. It's so, possible. Yeah, I could was see. Was that you just shaking the couch or was that an earthquake? No, I went like this. Because oh. I was talking, like, I was. So then they're at the diner with Malfi. This is a great scene. Great scene. Yeah. She's great. She's just such a good actress. Yeah, I miss, I miss their scenes. Already, just in episode one, I already missed their scenes. I really look, I mean, it's so, you know, what Michael Francesi said, it's like very unrealistic for a mafia boss to ever be in a therapist's office because he would be dead that week, the same week. You know how I justify it? Mm. Because at that point, the mafia was slowly on its downside. Decline. Decline, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I sort of felt like, you know what, maybe... Maybe it's all right. Maybe maybe times have changed a little maybe, bit. Maybe because she's Italian. Maybe it's okay. It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's he's confiding in a nice Italian she's lady. She's Italian from Jersey. It's mm-hmm. fine. Okay, so um, this is where she said that she tells him that one of her patients committed suicide, right? And it's your yeah. fault. He's in the, she's in the ground because of you. How many more people have to die for your personal growth? I know that's a great line, yeah. and it's true. And then she says, "Get out of my life." Such conviction. And then he has that pause outside of the diner. It's weird. It's like like they're breaking up. That was like a breakup conversation. Like, meet me at the diner. That looked, and I will always relate every scene to somewhere where I think it was. I think that diner was at the edge of Montclair, right by my father's hotel. You would know all this stuff. I I don't know. I'm pretty sure. I don't know Jersey. I hope that people email or DM or um, Gangster Goddess Instagram let us know. But I'm pretty sure that was a Montclair New Jersey, that diner. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Right outside about of Montclair, Montclair State University and Montclair State University. Yeah, my. Anyway, um, I only know about Lodi. Do you think well, that's where my grandparents are from? Were from? Do you think that Malfrey really wanted him out of her life, or do you think that this is like, is she really done with him? I think that he would have to really um, hammer her. To get her back. Yeah, I mean, she seems like it, but... But I'm not going to give up any spoilers. I'm just going to be oh quiet. Oh, my God, thank you. I'm just going to be quiet, okay? And then we have that that lingering shot of Tony standing outside the diner. Yeah, and this is my... this Right after that moment is one of my favorite moments. I love the ending of this episode mm-hmm. so much. Um, this is classic Sopranos for me. Um, he goes home. There's nobody home, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, He's so awkward. They're both extremely awkward. Well, I don't think he's awkward. I think he just got he just got broken up with by yeah. his other woman. Totally defeated. And no and I mean, I've cheated on boyfriends before and had, you know, maybe in high school. That's disgusting, Chris. Okay, well, it's happened. <laughs> just I've never cheated on my husband, so there you go. Dave. Um, but <laughs> When you're, if you're running two games and one game cancels the, the situation, yeah, you run the back other to the other one, one. The other one seems a little shinier for a second. Yep. So that's. But what's I think going it's on. even beyond that. I think there, you know, there was a moment in that one episode um, where Carmela's freaking out in season one mm-hmm. about Tony seeing the therapist, and she finally explains to him why she felt the way she did. And they're laying on the lawn chairs, and she said, "I just want to be." that person in your life. Yeah. And now he's come home. It's the first episode of the second season. 
And she has become that person in his life. Only because the other one broke up with him or booted him. But it's still, him. it's still a moment where you see this defeated man and yeah. you know that she wants to be this person and she rubs his shoulders. Oh, it's so There's sweet. very little going mm-hmm. on here. And the music doesn't kick in until the very end, which, of course, is Time Is On My Side, which is um, sung by um, by a female. Irma was, Thomas. Uh, yeah, Irma Thomas. Which I thought was interesting, an interesting choice because, well, time, we have the whole passage of time yeah. through this episode and the montage wrapping it up to the early mm-hmm. part. And I think that um, they're talking about um, having other lovers yeah. and stuff like that. So there, it's, a, it's, it's a good, just a good little tie up, especially for an episode that there's not really, there's a lot going on because you're getting introduced to so many new characters yeah. and now we're about to get introduced to even more characters in the next few episodes that are going to come in and shake shit up but um ending on that tableau which i love and it happens other times on the show but the two of them sitting there alone in the quiet eating him eating pasta so her looking at the mail yeah. and just all of what that silence says i it's love such a heavy moments. feeling and, and a good you know it's it's light but it leaves you so satisfied like i left that scene being like, God, I wish Tony could just stick with Carm and just that that relationship, you know. I don't even I don't even think about that stuff. I look at it like, I look at it from a like a filmmaker's point of view mm-hmm. or like you know just a a viewer's point of view and just feeling like, God, thank you for ending on this note and not giving us some manufactured Crease. yeah 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 bullshit. that too yeah like I love that it was so simple quiet. And that he comes back to her. Yeah. And she is this person in his life right now. And she always will be. She will always be there. She will always be the one. You see James Gandolfini, like, even though there's not not many words being said, but you feel his thought process through his acting. When he stands, when he walks in and stands in that kitchen with his hands in his pocket and he's like, his head's kind of down. He's just like thinking. You feel it. He's not even saying acting words, yeah. but you feel it. You, it's the it's eyes, a wonderful man. scene. Yeah, eyes, that body guy's language. got every, He's got it. I mean, Janice has it tenfold. Oh my Aida, god, she's she, another one. I, Janice, and you, you literally, you know, some people you look at and you're like, God, those she could be a crazy person. She in this is. Scene, no, I'm not talking about her in real life, <laughs> but I'm saying Janice. In in the Sopranos, like you just like there's crazy. Be- she she acts in a way where there's crazy behind those oh, eyes. Yeah. Like you know she oh, can no, she flip any second. She's so well. great. Yeah, she plays that character so. And she there there's nothing about her in real life that is like that. I know. I, I I don't. I don't. I, well, I don't know. But I, hopefully, I will know her. when we have her on. And you I'm gonna, will love. I'm her. keep campaigning to get her on. That's it for episode one of season two. Tune in next week for episode two. Do not resuscitate, where we check in on Junior in prison, learn more about Livia and Janice's relationship, and witness Pussy's divided loyalties, plus so much more. Don't forget to hit subscribe and support the show by giving some love to our awesome sponsors, Tushy and HelloFresh. Don't say Tushy. Tushy and HelloFresh. <laughs> See you next Tuesday. I'm okay. always going to say that because we're on Tuesdays. You oh, know that, no right? No more on the Turnpike because it's a new show. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's see you next See Tuesday. you next Tuesday. Yes. <laughs> Guys. Gangster Goddess Broadcast is a UV Ways and Monkey Mind Music Group production. Produced by Margot Carmichael, executive produced by Dre and Chris, and theme song by UV Ways. 